Hello and welcome, my friends, to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Wednesday, August the 11th, and uh, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace, God's love, God's mercy, God's presence. Uh, and uh, thanks for being a part of, uh, of this podcast today where we are going to break open God's word. And uh, not only that, we're going to celebrate a feast day today the Feast of St. Clare of Assisi. So we are going to talk about Clare and uh, who she was and who she was not and um, just allow both God's word and the example of this holy woman just kind of wash over us and invite us to someplace new. Because really, that's what these are about, right? It's about God inviting us to someplace new. So let's open ourselves, let's open our, our hearts, our minds, our spirits, and uh, break open God's word together here. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. And it's Matthew 18, by the way, verses 15 to 20. Matthew 18, verses 15 to 20. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church, if he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I find this gospel, my friends, to be incredibly timely for our world today. I mean, it doesn't, I'm not shedding any major news to you when I say that our world feels more divided today than at any other point that I can remember anyway in my life. Um, it feels like, you know, the, the politically, that the parties just won't talk to each other and are entrenched. And not only that, are becoming that, that divide in between them is becoming further and further and further apart. It feels like factions within the church are become, becoming more and more entrenched. And, and again, not only that, they're becoming further and further and further apart. And I don't know the reason for this. I don't, I don't know if were I, I, I don't know the reason for this. 
it would it would be speculation at best but it feels real to me and uh and into this present time into this present reality Jesus breathes this gospel and he says to his disciples so again make no mistake my friends he's speaking to you and I if your brother or sister sin against you, if they say something foolish, if they do something foolish, if they believe differently than you believe, if they have a different sign out in front of their lawn than you and I would have on our lawn, if they go to a different church, if they espouse a different ecclesiology and understanding of God. If your brother or sister sin against you, go and tell them their fault between you and they alone. If they listen to you, you will run them over. Is that what we do? Or do we put up a bigger sign on our lawn? Or do we put them in a box and say, they go to that church, or they espouse that belief, or they have that sign, and they, they follow that candidate, or they're part of that movement, and I put them in a box. Brothers and sisters, listen, I, I don't mean to, to, to point my finger in judgment at you. I'm pointing it at me. Because how quickly I can build those walls and figure out I know who they are by just one simple action or decision that they've made. And that's incorrect. And, and gosh, the last person that I can talk to may be them. I may talk to 15 people about them before I talk to them, if I ever get around to talking to them. Isn't that the state of our world? But our God invites us to dialogue. In fact, you know I've said this, gosh, I don't know how many times, about Pope Francis. I love Pope Francis for many reasons. But one of the things I love most about him is he's inviting us to journey together, to be a dialogical church. Encounter and dialogue. Those are the two words he's brought up. If not the most in his papacy, they'd be right there. Encounter and dialogue. And the only ways we do that are to sit down with one another and to understand one another. And that's what Jesus is inviting us to here, to be a dialogical people. If our brother or sister live in a different way than us, rather than setting, uh, setting up walls and, and creating boundaries, let's go over to them and help understand. And maybe that's not even sin. But maybe it will just help us to understand where they're coming from. And if we feel they're coming from a place um, that is not only different than, than what we espouse or believe, but different uh, in the sense of somewhere we would say the church is inviting us to, it's okay to talk to them about that. It doesn't mean judge them. It doesn't mean say that they're 
uh, excommunicated or they're on the outside and, and they got a foot in hell or that they are absolutely obtuse but invites us to do it in, in a kind way, in an understanding way, not in a way of uh, domination, in a way of I know more, in a condescending way, but in a way that listens. And if they indeed listen back to us, we have won them over. And, and we've created relationship, right? But if they do not listen, doesn't invite you to say something on Facebook or Twitter or on Snapchat or Instagram or to, to ostracize them. It says, let's go one or two other people that, that they may see that it's, you know, not just me who thinks this. We're not trying to gang up, but just trying to say, hey, we're, we're noticing a pattern here. If their actions are hurtful to themselves and to others. And if that doesn't do it, then we go to the church. And that doesn't mean we stand up in front of the church or that we talk behind their back to others and create a rumor mill at church. But it means we talk to church leadership. And maybe we understand, help understand if we're off base or not. But again, the idea is to create community and to help them be a part of the community. It's always inviting them into the community. And even if that doesn't even work, Jesus says to treat them like a Gentile or a tax collector. Well, how did Jesus treat Gentiles and tax collectors? It could be easy to say, them, okay. If, if even the church, you know, if, if, if that understanding doesn't, uh, doesn't help us or doesn't help them, then we can excommunicate. Then we can set them off to the side and ostracize. But that's not how Jesus did it. How did Jesus treat those on the fringes? How did he treat Gentiles? Didn't he heal them? Isn't that what we learned? When he went to the, to the woman, um, the Canaanite woman, or when he was in Genesaret last week? How did he treat the woman at the well who was a Samaritan? How did he treat Matthew when he was a tax collector? Didn't he say, come follow me? Even then, we open ourselves to relationship. Brothers and sisters, what we are invited to here is a pattern of, of encounter and dialogue. And it's a pattern that is difficult because it invites us to be vulnerable. It invites us to have people laugh at us or mock us or cajole us and invites us to open up and share what's going on underneath a coarse outer exterior that we may have in place to, to make sure we don't we're not hurt by the barbs and arrows of others. But what our God's inviting us to is encounter, true, authentic encounter, um, because that's where relationship is found. And where that's found, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there is Christ in the midst. There is Christ in the midst. That's what he's talking about here. If two of you agree on anything for which you are to pray, it shall be granted them. 
For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. Brothers and sisters, when we open ourselves and, and create this vulnerable space and we tear down these walls and we actually encounter and allow others to encounter us, our God is there in that vulnerability because that's who he was for us. In his coming at Bethlehem, in his going on Calvary, and all in between, he opened up himself in vulnerability and shared and opened himself to the barbs and arrows that came along with it because they did, didn't they? And that's where our God was encountered. We know it when we see it. We do. And that's what our God invites us to today. That place of vulnerability. Dialogue and encounter. Let's talk about St. Clair. You know, if any of you, now I'm speaking to people my age and older, if you're younger, you'd probably be like, what? But there was a movie out in the late 60s called Brother Sun, Sister Moon. And it was about St. Francis of Assisi. Of course, Claire, you can't tell a story of St. Francis of Assisi without telling a story of Claire. And in it, the two, in a sense, were treated, and we shouldn't surprise us, I, I think, we shouldn't be surprised, because they were kind of treated like flower children. And Claire was this blonde-haired woman, you know, walking through fields of flowers and uh, the sun shining off of her hair and her smile. And, you know, if people would have shown up with guns and she was putting daisies in the muzzles of the guns, no one would have been surprised because clearly that was Claire, right? At least that was their understanding of Claire. And, and listen, God love them. You know, I don't, I don't want to cast dispersions on, on people that are making movies. Because if you were touched by that movie, I, I wish you every good. But Claire, in reality, was a woman of incredible strength and incredible discipline and incredible love for the poor and for her sister um, sisters in her order. So let's briefly tell her story. At the age of 15, she refused, now again, a beautiful young woman, she refused to be married. And uh, she heard the preaching of St. Francis of Assisi, who was a bit older than she was, again, grew up both in Assisi. And she was absolutely not only stunned, but taken with it. And that's all she wanted. So at the age of 18, she uh, stole out of the window of her home, met some of the Franciscan friars, along with Francis, on a road. They were, it was dark. They had torches. They gave her a woolen habit, and she put it on. And uh, they, uh, they took the jeweled belt from her and instead gave her a, a rope filled with knots, and they cut off her hair. And Francis brought her to a, a local convent of Benedictines. And there she prayed. And, uh, of course, her... Father and her uncle didn't stand it. They stormed the convent, and literally Claire held on to the altar and wouldn't let go uh, And uh, until her father and her uncle left. Sixteen days later, her sister Agnes came and joined, and others came too, and eventually Claire set up her, her own order and called it the Poor Ladies. And they had incredible simplicity, incredibly, they, they, they lived a vow of poverty, uh, she walked barefoot, uh, and, and, and listen, 
She only stayed within the confines of her community. She never went out, never went outside of the confines of the community. She stayed in prayer, in austerity, uh, in, uh, in um, community with these sisters. And uh, they slept on the ground and they uh, didn't hold things in common. Instead, they collected only what was given to them. And even that, they, they divvied out to the poor. She was, uh, she spent so much time in prayer. She was incredibly wise. She was the spiritual guide for Francis, who would often come to her window and they would talk. Uh, and, um, and she uh, was obedient to him. And when he uh, asked her at the age of, gosh, I want to say it was at the age of 21. Don't hold me to that. Uh, asked her to be the abbess of her order of poor ladies. She did that, and she did that for the rest of her life. Um, she um, would uh, just, they said she would glow when she uh, came back in prayer, from prayer, uh, that she just had a holiness about her such that priests and bishops and even popes came to see her and listen to her and gain her wisdom. That's the woman we're talking about. Not a flower child, but somebody who had a great love for God, a great love for the poor, and a great love for her sisters and community, and lived that life to the, to the greatest extent of who she was. She wouldn't even leave when St. Francis of Assisi was dying, and they were the best of friends, the best of friends. Uh, she wouldn't even leave uh, to see her, to see, his, to see her best friend. Instead, Francis's last request was that they bring him to her window so she could gaze upon him and he upon her. And they did that. It was a beautiful friendship and a beautiful life. You know, I think of a song by uh, the Christian artist Rich Mullins. If, you don't, if you're not familiar with Rich Mullins, I don't know about Christian music these last 20 years. He died, um, I want to say 97, give or take. So it's been almost 25 years. And Christian music in my opinion, hasn't been the same without him. He was unbelievable because he was honest. Particularly the, the things he did in the 90s, was, they were just amazing. And I, and I invite you um, to listen to his work from The World as Best as I Remember It, Volume 1, all the way through his last album, which was the Jesus album. Anyway, he had a song, and I won't sing it for you. You don't want that, nor do you need that. But he compared himself in this song, he said, listen, I'm a good Midwestern boy. I, and you know what? My values and, and uh, my ethics, my morals, they, they, they stack up well against the people in my life and the people in this age. But if I compare them to the saints of old, they wouldn't stack up very well. And I think of that with, with me. I won't say with you. I think my ethics and morals stack up pretty well against the people in this age. But brothers and sisters, we're not called to merely stack up well against the people of our age. We're called to be saints. And if St. Clair were here uh, and looking and gazing upon me, I think I would um, see what a saint truly looks like and acts like and walks and talks like. And that, brothers and sisters, I think invites you and I to a greater life committed to our loving God. 
And I think Jesus shows us one of those ways today uh, to be people of encounter and dialogue, to be people of vulnerability. Boy, that's long enough. I've talked long enough, haven't I? Longer than I meant to. So let's pray, shall we? So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third luminous mystery, the proclamation of the gospel. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, have a wonderful and blessed Wednesday. Blessed Feast of St. Clair to all of you, and I look forward to breaking open God's Word with you again tomorrow. God's peace.